2019. You really should cut the booze, lose 50 kilos and fulfil your lifelong dream of becoming a YouTube star by taking up extreme parkour. That's why you're here. This isn't a radio show. It's a spiritual journey to help you live your best life. It can't help you achieve any of your goals, but it will make you much, much, much better at sex. Welcome to Radio Chaser. Oh, welcome indeed to Radio Chaser. Andrew Hansen's here, Charles First here. My name is Dom Knight. And today, look, National Sickie Day continues to grow. We'll update you on that. We'll take a look at Gwyneth Paltrow's latest wellness offerings, which are very, very special. And we want to know what you used to get in your lunchbox at school. That's right. And National Sickie Day, there's lots to report about it. Yesterday, Mick Malloy signed on as an ambassador for this very great cause. Thanks, Mickey. And uh, and last night I went on the project and I think I picked up that, that Steve Price is also a supporter. Stupidly irresponsible, moronic idea. Have you ever taken? I ought to go and have a look in the mirror. Those blokes. <laughs> no, never. I've been sick and had to take a day off last week, first time in ten years. But that's a moronic idea to suggest people do that. Well, it's a bit of fun, isn't it? Really? No, I mean, no. <laughs> I don't find it funny at all. You're in a great mood tonight, aren't you, mate? <laughs> Yeah, so Steve Price uh, had a bit of a pile on on our National Sickie Day. Well, I think that's fair enough because for many years now, Steve Price has made me genuinely ill, and I think he doesn't like people <laughs> mucking around in that space. <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah I mean, I'd I'd love it if Steve Price didn't turn up to work much more often. Yeah, uh, I think he'd be doing a great community service if he chucked more ciggies. Well, uh, the people on Facebook uh, started uh, piling on as well, um, uh, and on the project's Facebook page. Um, we got some amazing comments back about the, that piece that was on the project. Um, uh, Lorene said, what an irresponsible way to highlight an important topic. What um, was the important topic in the midst of it all? <laughs> I think was holding there, I a sickie, the... having sickies. It's an no, important topic. There's no core of importance to your work, Firth. <laughs> um, Tracy said, who pays for your day off? The business, your employer, your colleagues left behind to do your work. Irresponsible, costly, and a small business killer. No joke. Thumbs down. Um, Ooh, right. And well, then, and not, not on a flood of support for your idea, then, is there? Well, Charles? Donna says mostly bigger employees inst- insist on medical certificates on days bracketing weekends. Good luck with that. Which actually does raise an important point. Yeah, that oh, yeah. is a good point. Like, how do you get the medical how certificate? How do you get the medical certificate? You can't. I mean, doctors well, in this country have so much integrity. The GP system is very good in Australia. But, Dom, I heard you just yesterday say that you were a doctor. You're a doctor, aren't yeah. you? Oh, you are a doctor, aren't you, Dom? Hey, hang on. I'm, I am a doctor. I, I'm yeah. Dr. Dom, but my doctorate is in creative writing. <laughs> I mean, oh, sure. I mean, you can make up an but, excuse. I'm very good but, at that. I'm, I've got a degree, but, but I'm but not a medical doctor. You're allowed to call yourself Dr. Dominic. Yeah. No, you're legally allowed. It's of not, course. I've got a yeah. doctorate. So you can you can write, you can creatively write a doctor's oh, certificate. Right. Let me just ask you this. Does our insurance uh, policy cover Fraud. anyone dying with my, <laughs> my medical certificates? If so, I'm, I'm on board. Well, I, I think it's a perfect idea. Want to chuck a sickie on Friday? Yes. But don't have a doctor's certificate to prove you were genuinely sick? Yes. Don't worry. We've just found out Dom is a qualified doctor. Yeah, I've got a doctorate. I mean, not in medicine, admittedly, but I am a doctor of arts, actually. And because Dom is not a medical doctor, you can easily fool him. Uh, I've got a sore throat. Mm. Now, I saw an episode of House Months where a sore throat 
it turned out to be lupus. So you probably have lupus. I have a bit of a headache. Really? Not really. I just want the day off. Oh, well, let's call it chronic fatigue syndrome then. That works for other lazy people. Cool. I have a potentially fatal liver condition. Hmm. Here, have a whiskey. That should help. Uh, 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 my creative art studies didn't cover this. Simply head to nationalsickyday.com and download a Dr. Dom's Genuine Doctor's Certificate. But hurry, Dr. Dom won't stick around forever. Hey, guys, guess what? I've just been made head of surgery at Northern Beaches Hospital. Triple M's Radio Chaser. I had the best morning this morning. I bags my spot this morning, guys. Bags my spot. Did you? Oh, yeah. What for? At, Blue, at Blues Point Reserve for the New New Year's Eve fireworks. <laughs> well done. Oh, that's a bit, a bit late. I know. I'm a bit a worried because there, there, there were already like 150 people out there. But, mm. Yeah, but I went on 2nd of January. <laughs> I know, yeah. Look, but I put my tartan rug down. So if any if anybody goes there, that tartan rug is, is my <laughs> picnic rug, okay? don't. That's not your spot. Because mm. you've got to get in early nowadays. Oh. They're actually talking. This is true. The police are actually recommending to these councils uh, who, who have these parks where you can view the fireworks, they're recommending that, get this, you've got to, they've got to sell tickets. What? Yeah, you're not to allowed to go to a public park. To a public park. Oh, you're not allowed to just go oh. there for free anymore. They're going to actually sell tickets for 10 bucks a pop. But isn't so the whole can... joy in being in a horrible, overcrowded park that's unpleasantly crowded? Mm. Oh, no, it's not the joy, Charles. No, the joy is the opposite. The joy is seeing the fireworks in a nice, empty place. So I thought what we need to do is come up with some... Obviously, overcrowding's a problem, right? Mm. It's too crowded. I think we yes. need to come up with some ideas for how to make the fireworks... Less popular. Yes, that's yeah. exa- that's a great idea. Okay, well, can I suggest one way to get rid of people from the parks, make them incredibly unpopular? Why don't mm. you fill the parks with incredibly drunk people who are always shouldering their way <laughs> to the front? <laughs> well, I think they might have tried that, Charles, in previous oh, years. Damn, yeah, um, yeah. Look, that, that's the thing. They've already made the parks alcohol free, and that didn't work. Mm. I, I think they should make them water free. In the middle of summer. No, it'd be like an endurance event to see the fireworks. Which is a great idea. I, I wouldn't mind. I think if they move the fireworks, you know, the problem is they're on the harbour. It's yeah. too, If they just move nice. them to Hornsby, nobody would want to go oh, there. Oh, look, in the pedestrian wants. plaza, that'd be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> next to the, the weird <laughs> stand, fountain. Stand next to the fountain clock. I don't think anybody would want to go there. Um, I, I reckon what they should do is they should get a whole lot of people with Australian flag capes walking around. (laughs) (laughs) Charles, again, I I think this may have been tried. Uh Sorry. I think think I've got it, guys. What if it it was known, they announced a couple of days before, Mm. that all the paramedics at every single park around the harbour was from Northern Beaches Hospital. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> that, would, that would deter a few people on safety grounds quite possibly. Oh, yes, I like that idea very much, Tommy. Or, or the other way I was thinking is if they could make all the viewing points that you can only get to them via the Sydney Light Rail, then uh, <laughs> yeah. you'd have very few people turning up. Um, uh, I, I mean, I, I've got... Uh, what, what if you just made parking a nightmare and have them barricade the roads way further out than necessary. Charles, I hate to say it, but yeah. you, you may have hit upon an, another another repeat. Oh, I've sorry. I've got, I've got the ultimate solution for oh, okay. oh, you. Yeah. Yep. What are we going to Ult- do? Ultimately, what they should do is put up a big screen and broadcast Charles Firth's failed Channel 10 pilot before <laughs> the fireworks go off. Yes! Nobody would be interested yeah, and they'd and all then piss off home. At midnight, um, when the bridge goes off, it's just a giant picture of Sam Bastiari. <laughs> yeah, so extraordinary uh, image floating around the internet today. 
of, uh, did you see this? Uh, an Australia Post employee was trying to deliver a parcel to somebody, some suburban home in Sydney, and the parcel ended up on the roof. <laughs> is that, is that the where the letterbox is? Or? Well, no, it's not. Right, so he just chucked the parcel. Well, yeah, I, the, so apparently what machine. happens now is they're so pushed for time, these posties, that they just apparently throw the parcels from the street <laughs> and hope that it gets somewhere near the thing. It's like a paper boy, but it's um, uh, your you valuable. You want to be receiving an aerobie frisbee in a parcel. <laughs> yeah, you end up three suburbs away. Well, it just goes to show, don't send bombs in the post. I've said it before. Although, <laughs> yeah, no. grenades. <laughs> but uh, no, but the post even left a note. To the poor customers going, accidentally threw your parcel on top of the roof. My what? apologies. Use maybe broom to get it down. So, <laughs> hang on. I would get it if there was a dog or yeah. something in the post. He was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, chuck it. But how do you accidentally throw something on a roof? Well, the problem for this uh, poor customer was that um, she actually ordered a broom by post. And that got stuck <laughs> on the roof as well. Oh, no. Anyway, I, I personally love watching the posties uh, deliver their post nowadays. Oh, isn't it thrilling? It is thrilling. And they've even turned it into a major sporting event. The 2019 Australia Post Shot Put. Brought to you by Australia Post. The atmosphere is electric here at the Australia Post Shot Put, where three posties are teeing off to see who can chuck a customer's parcel the furthest. Yes, the posties are limbering up on the footpath, stretching those parcel-chucking muscles. And posty Kev is up first. Kev's got a soft express post package, possibly the T-shirts from the iconic inside. He stands... Aims and up the package goes. It's a textbook chuck and drop down it comes on the customer's front porch. It did damage some garden pansies on the way in, so that's three bonus points to Posty Kev. Now our second athlete, Posty Deborah, moves into position. Ooh, she's a good choice. I could see a Kogan label on that package, and that means electronic goods, nice and fragile. Let's see if it survives intact. She lobs the parcel, and oh, it's a highway! Whoa, incredible scenes here as the parcel arcs completely over the customer's roof and lands in their backyard swimming pool. That's a record-breaking parcel chuck from Posty Deborah. And bad news for the customer's Kogan headphones. Well, it could be all over for our third player. It's Posty Phil with one of those small folding CD boxes no one uses anymore. He squares up. But, oh, what's this? Oh, it's a very unorthodox move. Yes, Posty Phil is not chucking the package. In fact, he's walking to the letterbox and gently inserting the parcel. Well, this breaks every rule of Australia Post delivery. The ref's not happy. This is the Australia Post version of the underarm bowl. He sends Posty Phil off with a red card. And fittingly, it's one of those red cards a Posty leaves when they pretend you're not home for a parcel. Radio Chaser on Triple M. Uh, I'm trying to make tucker for my daughter. I've got, I've, I'm not very good at it, but I'm getting yeah, better nice. with every day. Like, getting better at packing these kind of lunches. You know, mm. she's, she's she's not she's almost at school, so I've got to learn, right? And we've got one of those bento box things. Have you seen Why? these? You know, this is kind of like a new type of lunch box called a bento lunch. Box yeah, with about fifteen billion little components. Yeah, it's got yeah. those little, little compartments, right? So, yeah. so what I do is I just you know fill each compartment with. Exactly the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> I've got like t- chips t- you know, and sultanas. Ch- ch- <laughs> no, no, just you know, just chopped up cheese or something in all six. <laughs> but what you're supposed to do is 
apparently it's supposed to put different foods, like a like a, a colourful rainbow of foods in the six or seven different compartments of these things for your kids. Ugh. There's this bloody guy, there's this guy, right, who's written this book about how to make the perfect lunch for your kids. And he's, um, you know, he's got this recipe book. And they're all these beautiful photos. Uh. And so, like, in one square, he's got this thinly sliced pears and another one beautiful little hard-boiled eggs on a bed of julienned carrots. Uh, who like, has time Who has time to slice a pear? I reckon if you get one unsliced pear, you're doing well because someone's actually had time to go to the bloody shop and buy it. I can't imagine doing that for my child in well, a few I, years' time. I, my plan, Dommy, is to just put the pear on top of the compartments hole and then close the lid really hard <laughs> and then where you go you've got a sliced pear for your kid in the six part but it got me thinking like and i'd love to hear from from sydney on this you know ring give us a ring one triple three five three is our number what did you get in your school lunchbox i yes. mean you, you, you today you're expected to produce this bloody japanese bento but it was rainbow of color but i mean when i i remember a sort of like a chicken loaf Sandwich it wasn't yeah. even chicken sandwich. But chicken loaf was a thing. Well, when my when my mum was feeling particularly fancy, what did she do? She'd she'd put some peanut butter on the Vita wheats and mm. and have two Vita wheats and some peanut butter, and you'd be able to make peanut butter worms. Oh, do you remember that? Was that? High tech. Oh, I, yeah. Yeah. yeah, actually, the worms were. I got a fun. I got a really fancy lunchbox at one point where you actually freeze the cordial into like a giant ice block that would melt, so it'd be cold. For, like, that was as good as. Technology got Ooh. back when we were kids. Yes. Frozen half-melted cordial, yeah. Does anyone yeah. remember Oval Teenies? Yeah, of course. Remember oh, Oval yes. Oh, great. Oval Teenies. Incy Bincy Teeny Weeny chocolate-coated okay. Oval Teenies. They look like Panadol or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Medicine. Like, <laughs> like, thinking, like medicine. I was thinking or, or about droppings. them the other day because they, they were so small mm. and it was it's such tiny. a rip-off. They look like bat droppings. You're right, Hanson. Yeah. They probably Real were. Or possum possum. <laughs> they sort of tasted a bit like it. Too, One triple three five three. We want. We're basically after lunchbox box nostalgia mm. here, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, but I think nostalgia. I think particularly you know bad lunchbox experiences. My mum went through a stage where. Uh, she went through a no butter stage, so oh. she refused oh. to put butter on anything. Oh, poor you. I'll tell you, there is one thing worse than a Vegemite sandwich which doesn't have butter on it, <laughs> which is. Hmm? Sometimes I'd just have plain sandwiches, which was usually just bread and butter, right? But without the butter, it was just literally two slices of bread. She'd pack that in my lunch. That was my lunch. It was a deconstructed sandwich. All right, one, triple three, five, three. We want to know, what did you used to get in your lunchbox? Uh, now, um, there is a prize for the best call. Charles Firth's Fractured Fairy Tales. His new book will be yours. What did you have back in the day, Shirley, from Auburn? I used to get pickled onion sandwiches. Ooh. Ooh. What, Ooh. Just, nothing else? <laughs> like just pickled no, onions just, between bread? Yes, sliced thin and frozen as well because bread didn't come fresh every day, so she'd <laughs> make it when the bread was fresh and freeze it. And, Shirley, <laughs> do you find yourself hankering for a pickled onion sandwich nowadays? Like when, you, when you're never. in a nostalgia bin? No, never. Right? Yeah, that's the uh, one sandwich that never. could be improved by Vegemite, <laughs> I think. Let's go to Alex <laughs> in Mount Cola. Hey, Alex, what did you have in your sandwiches? We had the good old space food sticks. Oh, in the lunchbox, oh, yes. lovely. Yeah. Oh, yes. What was your, your favourite flavour? Because they had caramel and chocolate, which tasted like caramel. <laughs> Did yeah, yeah. No, caramel was the favourite. I used to eat those, and I remember I didn't like them, but the thought that spacemen ate them mm. made me push through. <laughs> Yes, I used to believe spacemen ate them. Did you? Did were you convinced that astronauts actually? Well, there was a little spaceman on the front packet as well. So yeah, yeah. Well, hang on. Of course, you thought that. Did they not eat them in space? 
I don't know. But well, I, they did, Charles. Like, like, like he said, there's a spaceman on the pack. There's photographic proof yes. on the box. Oh, yeah. I think, I think they were definitely eaten in space. Yeah, I'm going to launch yeah. a line of space food offal just to try and market some guts <laughs> as eaten by real space people. Thanks, Alex. Let's go to Irene in Castle Hill. Irene, what did you have in your lunchbox? I had the best sandwich. I had tomato paste, tuna fish, and olives. That's really quite what, gourmet. What, what all, all in the same sandwich? Yes. Yeah, so that's kind of like a Mediterranean. What, what is that? Is that an Italian sandwich, or it sounds like it? Maltese. Oh, delicious that's a Maltese. That yeah. just sounds pretty, pretty interesting. What, why didn't they give you Maltesers instead? Oh, Charles. <laughs> they could have done that. Hey, and my oldest son. Yellow card. That's a warning. All right, sorry, Irene. What happened there? Uh, we had to give Charles a yellow card for the Maltesers oh. joke. Um, look, that is that sounds like a genuinely uh, good sandwich. Look, I think Irene should should definitely be the winner because she was a winner at lunchtime back in the day, mm. and uh, she's a winner of my book today. She is. Congratulations! You get Charles' first fractured uh, fairy tales. Irene, hold on the line. We'll get it out to you. What did I? What did uh, Maltese spacemen eat in their sandwiches? I wonder. <laughs> Oh, Thanks. I don't know. Thanks, Irene. Mm. Now, Andrew and Charles, we talked before about uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's fabulous goop business and uh, some of the excellent wellness products that they sell. Uh, last time we talked about the vaginal eggs that they sell. They had to apologise for some of the health claims they made for the vag eggs, but uh, I think they've really improved on their wellness offering, guys. The uh, the In Goop Health Conference is taking place in London at the moment, and mm. um one of the things they've got is a financial workshop, which they describe as entering a real space of vulnerability, which I think is fair enough given that the whole event costs $8,000 for two days. <laughs> well, is that the ticket price? Yeah. I mean, there's a hotel oh in there too, but eight eight grand Aussie uh, for the two days with Gwyneth. <clears throat> for, uh, for, for some goop. For right. some, a lot of goop. Uh, another right. thing um, that you might want to consider next time it happens, uh, they have an optimism doctor. Uh, he runs a workshop which teaches you how to dissolve negativity and replace it with an ongoing sense that there's something greater than yourself on your side. Oh, yeah. Well, well uh, Gwyneth, yeah, you'd probably. need optimism after forking out the eight grand, I reckon, wouldn't you? You'd have to be very optimistic. So uh, is, is Gwyneth setting up a religion here? Because this well, has all the hallmarks of a major religion. It's, it's a bit got, Scientology, isn't it? Well, it's sort of, yeah, getting all your money, sort of saying that there's somebody beside you, looking after you? Well, there is, actually, at the Goop Workshop, because there's a spiritual cheerleading squad workshop where you assemble spirit guides and God energy and loved ones who've crossed, and they form your team to, I don't know, to give you more wellness or something. That's something that Loved ones who've crossed? Really? So so you've got to have, what, your your dead grandma cheering beside you? that's really helpful. You can also get your... Literally dig them up out of the earth and... (laughs) For a weekend at Bertie's stuff. Maybe that's what goop is. It's all the sort of remains of your <laughs> relatives. Dead rellos. Yeah. It could well be. There's <laughs> also aura, here. aura cleansing you can get with selenite crystals, and you apparently have to sit on a beige linen meditation cushion for that. But the best thing about goop is always the store. Let me tell you some of the things they're selling. Uh, apart from the vaginal legs, there's $50 psychic vampire repellent, which I think would be very useful. <laughs> mm. You can spend ah, 300 really? bucks what's, on... What's it called? Psychic Vampire. It literally oh, says it on the label. Psychic Vampire Repellent. Yeah. Right. Uh, 300 bucks for singing bowls for your meditation practice. Um, uh, what, sorry, what? Singing, singing bowls? bowls. I have no it? idea what they do. Do they sing? Maybe they're like wide glasses. You put your finger around the rim and right. it goes, woo. Um, $70,000 mahjong set. But I think oh, my really? favorite is uh, the sex dust. 
which it costs two and a half thousand dollars for a year's supply. Mm. Um, it's it's medicinal grade aphrodisiac warming potion. Gwyneth puts it in her breakfast smoothies every day, apparently. And one reviewer said that it smelled like a muddy barnyard covered in cocaine. That does sound sexy. I can see why that would help. Look, a lot of this wellness stuff does sound a little bit sus to me, to be honest. But it's sold out. And I know one thing for sure. Gwyneth's bank balance has never had more wellness. Triple M, Radio Chaser. Cat's pyjamas or cat's piss. Now, Charles and Andrew, some great news for fast food fans. Um, Taco Bell, which is kind of like an an American Guzman and Gomez, they're opening a Taco Bell-themed hotel so that their fans can immerse themselves, I'm not quoting, in every aspect of the Taco Bell lifestyle. (laughs) There's a whole hotel based on on a fast food. This is genius. This is cat's pyjamas for me. Absolutely. I'd like more. I'd like more of this. I want to see more fast food hotels. I'd like to see maybe a maybe a full-size subway resort for family getaways. Um, oh, oh, dear. Oh, as long dear. as Jared Fogel doesn't run the crate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. We're going to have to play that thing about the sponsors. There we are. Triple M Management assures you that whatever opinion you just heard about a valued sponsor is not at all that person's opinion or the opinion of anyone who works at Triple M. They got rid of Jared Fogel years ago, Hanson, although his memory lives on forever. Uh, oh, so there you go, you fast food hotels. I, I, I've lived in the United States. Taco Bell is the absolute worst of all the fast food joints. Like, even if you were starving, you wouldn't go to Taco Bell. <laughs> in what tell. way do they think that a $200 a night, like who, like, it's basically for homeless people. Oh, that's the reason they're doing it. It's because the, the people who like Taco Bell the most are the homeless Quite people. Quite possibly. Now, the, another thing, you've seen this video, I love this. A zoo in Japan has been mm. training its staff t- to deal with an escaped lion. Very serious. They've had a staff member dressing up in a very, very cute lion suit while all the st- staff try and put nets around it. Is that a sensible <laughs> way of training zoo staff? <laughs> so he runs around the zoo. Yeah, and very dressed slowly. Dressed as a lion. Like and just roaring. Sort of, yeah, and roaring, and they try and catch him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is cat's pajamas. He's, he's literally wearing cat's pajamas. He is. Guy. Big cat's Are you sure pajamas. it's not just a Japanese game show that you've mistaken this for, Dommy? It does sound like one. Look, it, it's possible. I can't, I can't tell they rule that out. So I wonder if Tronga Zoo's going to take this up and have kind of people dressing up as kangaroos. <laughs> Escaped corroboree frog. <laughs> hey, come back here. Radio Chaser. Triple M.